Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Susan Slusser, and today we welcome in new A's second baseman, Corbin Joseph. He will talk to us about his long road to the Major Leagues, 12 years in the minors, and coming up through the Yankees organization, his relationship with Derek Jeter. Also, Ken Davidoff from the New York Post will join us to talk about the A's and the way they've played against the Yankees this year, plus his thoughts on the race the rest of the way. All of that next on A's Plus. Today on the A's Plus podcast, we are joined by new A's second baseman Corbin Joseph. Kind of a crazy year for you coming over the A's in the minor league rule five draft and then starting the season at Las Vegas at the age of 30 and then getting called up. You've had you've been up before with the Orioles and the Yankees, of course, but what has this all been like for you this year? You've stayed stuck around, stuck with this for a long time to get this opportunity, I know. Yeah, it's uh, it's been really exciting, you know, um, really being able to put up some, some really good numbers in AAA and, uh, you know, just really trying to be a good teammate down there and, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, taking it day by day and just trying to focus on how I can improve as a player and, uh, you know, getting the call up here, you know, in the, these circumstances has just been an incredible. You know, it's been a lot of fun. The guys are great and, uh, you know, we're winning ballgames. So we were just kind of talking about this briefly, but um, it's a little unusual to be a minor league rule of five guy at the age you are. What was your reaction when that happened? Yeah, I was kind of I was laughing about it a little bit, but you know, it's, it was definitely surprising. Um, you know, you don't normally hear about a guy at 30 years old getting claimed in rule five. Um, you know, you hear about the young guys either getting protected or not being protected, and uh, you know, maybe getting a shot with another team. And uh, so, you know, it, it, it seemed like a good opportunity, and you know, it was. Uh, coming in ready to go and uh, you know fortunate enough to be up here right now. Uh, the circumstances changed a little bit uh, just a couple of weeks later because the A's trade for jerks and Profar and you kind of look at that at that point and go like oh wait wait why did they do this with me or did you figure hey this still might be a good good chance for me. Yeah you know I just I, I thought you know regardless of the situation with the moves that they're going to make they have to kind of prepare um, you know for a lot of scenarios um, you know you got spring training a lot of guys you know, maybe show up, you know, and, and maybe get hurt. I mean, so I think, you know, as, as those transactions transpired, it was more of a, you know, I'm still going to have to be prepared and get ready to go. And, you know, I have a goal in my mind, and it's it's been the same goal for 12 years. It's, you know, good to show in the big leagues. And, um, you know, just kept with it and just tried to not let the, uh, you know, the outside stuff of baseball effect was, you know, needed to be done. 12 years mostly in the minor leagues. It's, was there any point where you thought maybe I should do something else? Did you think were there off seasons where you thought maybe uh, you know looking into other things or, or just giving up? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you know once you play a certain amount of time, you you start realistically looking at it. You know how you know the thoughts of like how how much more can I put my body through, and you know is it is it ever going to happen? You know, and all these ends that and the other. And, you know, I think ultimately it's you know. I still had an opportunity to play, and you know, when there's an opportunity, there's a chance, and you know, just continue to work hard, and um, you know, not, not, not take no for an answer, just keep going. And uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to have a good year and, and be in the situation I'm in now. Obviously, you've got a brother, Caleb, who plays in the big leagues for the Diamondbacks. Um, what was your kind of family's reaction as you were going through all of this over the last few years, trying to figure out what what you wanted to do? I mean, you know, it's. Uh, 
you know, there, there's a lot. Of, of course, my mom, she's, you know, she, it's, it's kind of, she's in an interesting spot. You know, my brother's had a, a lot of big experience, and he's, he's done really well. And then, you know, and then I'm, I'm just still fighting. You know, I think it just shows like how, how tough it is to get there, um, to get here, and, and be able to stay here. You know, and I've had, you know, a couple opportunities and shots, quote unquote shots, um, with other teams. But, um, you know, if anyone could do it, I know I could do it. So it's just, you know persevering through all the, the negative stuff and, and just trying to stay positive. I mean, this game, you have to be positive. And uh, if you, you soak down low, it'll, it'll bring you down. And so, you know, ultimately, it, it, it's been a good opportunity for me to help younger kids that are coming up and really try and mentor. And, uh, you know, that's what, with when I was with the Yankees, that's what a lot of the older guys did with me and, and how, how much it helped me. Like, I, I want to help somebody else. So. Um, gave me an opportunity to do that, and uh, you know I, I try and always look at the positives of every situation, and you know I got a lot of joy out of that. Who was particularly helpful? Because as we're standing here now, we're talking before the final game of the Yankees series. I'm sure you know a lot of guys on the other side. Who over there was was uh, were you pretty close to, and who, whose brains did you pick? You know, me and uh, me and Romine, we roomed together, Austin Romine, uh, for the longest time in AAA. Um, we'd we'd always, you know, for for me loving to hit and him catching, you know, we'd always talk about, you know, how, you know, how he would pitch certain batters and this and the other, just picking his brain, picking his brain about, you know, what he looks at as far as a weakness in, in a swing. And, uh, you know, when I initially got up, you know, I, I was in the, you know, Jeter, Jeter era and, you know, he kind of took me under his wing and was, was awesome. You know, uh, Gardner was there and, you know, really helped me just kind of just calm, calm down and you know, bounce ideas off of uh, those guys and just helped me try and get out of it too. So I guess you're, you played with some of the, the kind of big name guys now, you know, Judge and Sanchez and guys like that. And you kind of, were you in that group? Yeah, they were they were a little younger than than I was. Uh, you know, Sanchez came up. I think I played with him one year. Um, but you know, and I remember when Judge got drafted, and uh, you know, being able to speak to him when he was younger, and you know, watch his BP, and just you know, he, he's come a long way, and he, he was he had tremendous talent back then when he first got drafted, and now he's just starting to perfect it. So, um, you know, it's 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 really exciting to watch guys that you you know seen at a young level, and then watch them perform in the big leagues. Did you, when you picked Jeter's brain, was it mostly offensively, defensively? What, what kind of guidance do you recall getting from him? I think it was kind of, you know, a little bit of both, um, you know, and, and also the, uh, you know, more kind of like a mental, like how, you, how do you control your emotions in certain situations? You know, you never really saw him get too high or get too low, you know, it just, it, it just seemed to even kill. And, uh, you know, for me as a player, like I, I really liked that, you know, not saying I don't like the, you know, the highs and, and, you know, just getting all amped up and excited, but, you know, the way he just kind of kept, kept calm was, uh, it's pretty impressive. And so just kind of talking about that, how does he, you know, prepare every day, just his preparation and, and what it takes for, for him to prepare and get ready for a game. Yeah. Everybody that's played with him that I've ever talked to him, Gardner too, talks about, the the hard work, just like being a superstar level player, but still essentially one of the first guys to the park every day. Yeah, absolutely. He, he had his routine, and you know he would he would be the first one in, and he'd be putting it putting all of his work in, and uh, you know he he would also be the guy who like if he wasn't very good, he'd come out and say he wasn't very good, you know. And the way he kind of handled the media was also impressive too. I mean, it, talking about a guy who's you know on a platform and you know really 
he, he wasn't afraid to, to take blame when it, when it was needed, and, you know, and that was impressive, too. So let's talk about your season at Las Vegas, because it was pretty extraordinary. I know they have a new park there, the Aviators. It sounds fantastic, but it's clearly a hitter's park. But with the numbers you were putting up, it was not all just park, park factor. You're playing in other places in the PCL, which is a hitter-friendly league, but still. What did you do? Did you do anything different? What was going on with you? You know, I I think when you when you hear about the PCL and you hear about like how the ball flies, it's really easy to change, you know, and really try and hit pop flies and and, and try and drive the ball out of the ballpark a lot. And uh, you know, for me, I didn't want to get into that. You know, um, I, I had a good year last year, and you know, I was just kind of just feeding off of what I, I was doing last year. And uh, really, just trying to hit low, low line drives. As crazy as that sounds, you're in a, you know, a, a, a league that the ball's supposed to fly, and I'm trying to stay lower. Um, but I just felt like that was going to benefit me more if I did get the call up instead of having to change, you know, change up. You know, maybe I'm hitting the ball too high, where the ball's not going to fly. Same here as it is over there. So I was really just trying to perfect, you know, staying low and, uh, you know. Not trying to do too much. Just stay within yourself, and you know, we had a st we have a stacked team down there. I mean, one through nine can drive the ball out of the ballpark. So, you know, my my goal is just to get on base as much as I can, and you know, just help the team win. Now, you, you obviously join a team that's in contention, which I know that's always fun. But you got here and kind of hit the ground running. You had hits in each of your first few games. You hit the, your first big league home run. What was that experience like? That those first few games with all of that going on? Oh, it was it was exciting. I mean, it, the the amount of like I don't know. It's already it, it's just tough to put into words. Just the amount of excitement. It's just kind of like you go through 12 years and you get a couple of bats and you know I guess that first home run really just kind of like signifies so much you know hard work that you put in and you know it's just like I said when I initially hit it I kind of blacked out a little bit and then I saw it go over the fence because I didn't know if it was gone or not I hit it good but you know it's first time playing in the Coliseum and I just happened to hit it on the right night so um, you know it's just a lot of excitement glad my uh, my wife and my mother and father-in-law and my dad were, were here to watch it and witness it and uh, just uh, it, it, you know, it, it seemed like past couple games have been playoff, playoff kind of energy, you know. And so, you know, you're feeding everybody's feeding off each other. You know, a bunch of big hits, and you know, it's it's one of those things that you know you just you just try and try and put your little piece of the pie in and, and keep on rolling. Yeah, that's. What I was going to ask you. Um, this obviously this homestand has been a big one. You guys take three out of four from Houston, and now the Yankees are in town. You guys have won the first two games. What is sort of the feeling just overall in the clubhouse right now as you guys are trying to, you know, nail down a wild card spot or or maybe even try to catch the Astros? Yeah, I mean, I think you know taking three out of four from the Astros and and two so far from the Yankees. I mean, that I think that you know we're we're on a roll right now, and, and that's. It's a good feeling, you know, when you can take on those two level teams and be able to compete up against them and and get some W's at this time of the year. I mean, that's huge. I mean, we're really taking a step forward, and I think you know we're we're starting to roll the ball a little bit. Did you know much about the Ace franchise before you came over here? Because obviously you're leaving one of the most storied franchises in pro sports, and you're coming to this team that's kind of I think maybe best known for Moneyball at this point and, and stuff like that. What, what was kind of your take? You know, I. I I knew that my style of play really fits in with this organization and really what the organization stands for. And I've always known that even with the Yankees, when uh, my last year with them, I really tried to look into trying to get over here, and it just happened to not work out. But um, you know, the, the on-base percentage and you know the uh, you know doubles and just kind of the small you know get on base and as much as you can. Um, that that's kind of my style of play. So 
other than that, with the money ball, it really highlights it, you know, and, uh, you know, that, that's basically it. Yeah, you do seem like a perfect fit for this team. Um, are you taking any extra sort of joy in these games against the Yankees since you know guys over there? Obviously, it's not like a trade situation where you're trying to, like, prove them wrong or anything, but do you, how do you kind of look at these games? Yeah, you know, it, it's uh, – in, in the end, you're – I have I have buddies over there, but when the game starts, it's it's straight time time trying to win a ball game. I mean, it's it's competing, and um, you know you're going to battle against those guys. And uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed my time over there with them. It, it, they they share a special place in my heart. But you know, we're we we have one goal in mind: is win the World Series. And you know, if they're standing in our way, we're we're going to get a battle. So I think ultimately, you know, it's uh, your friends off the field. But you know, when the game starts, it's time to go. And how do you see things here down the stretch as you guys are battling? You know, I, I think we're in a good place right now as a team. I mean, it's it's good chemistry going on, a lot of, you know, big hits, um, timely hits, and, uh, you know, pitching staff been doing great. Um, you know, it, it's it's fun to be a part right now. Well, thanks so much for joining us on A's Plus, Corbin Joseph. Thank you. Thanks again to Corbin Joseph for joining us on A's Plus. We'll be back in just a minute with Ken Davidoff. Today on Ace Plus, we welcome in for the first time ever Ken Davidoff. You haven't been on appeared with I'm, us before, uh, have you, Ken? I'm a rookie. Of the New York Post, yeah. national baseball writer and a longtime friend of mine, to talk about this A's Yankees series, which so far has been very interesting, certainly from the A's perspective. I'm not sure, given <laughs> the Yankees' record and how hot they were coming in, that anyone expected this. What are your impressions so far of what have you, you've seen of the A's? Yeah, I mean, just a really fun team to watch. Like, it's really fun being in games out here just because it's such a different environment than anywhere else because of this True. ballpark and the weather. Aaron Boone was talking about that, the, uh, I think it was yesterday. Uh, I'm having a little bit of deja vu, Susan, from last year's series. I don't know if you were here. I think it was yeah. Labor Day. Yeah, uh, the A's mo- played well. Monday, also. Tuesday, Wednesday. And it kind of sounded an alarm for the Yankees that they never really turned off that, oh, boy, like, you know, against tough teams in October, you need to pitch. The Yankees didn't really pitch that week, and they didn't pitch in the postseason. And I think similar alarms are sounding now. Right. Except for against the A's in the wild card game. Yes, <laughs> that, that worked out fine. So I guess the A's gave them a warning at the wrong time. Um, <laughs> the A's have played the Yankees very tough over the last four years or so. Is there any particular reason that you see? I mean, obviously the A's were good last year. They are good again this year. Um, but the preceding years, they weren't all that tough a team. I do think this ballpark is a significant factor, even in the A's down years. It's just such a different environment and, and the extra foul territory and, and it's, it's, its uniqueness, I think, is, a, is an asset for the A's and a liability for the, the teams that come here. And I, you know, I think even in this day and age, uh, East Coast teams struggle more on the West Coast because of the time difference. So I think those are the factors beyond the obvious talent. Are you a little surprised when you look at this A's team and at what they have been able to do, given the fact they don't have any big names in their rotation? The bullpen, which was their strength last year, has not really performed at that same level. And, and of course, Chris Davis has been on a really in a power slump for more than two months. And, and Ramon Laureano is out of action right now. Yeah, it's funny. I did uh, my homework uh, when, I, when I arrived here Tuesday. Good. and I pulled up the A's page on Baseball Reference. I was like, their bullpen stinks. You know? yeah. and, How did that happen? Uh, yeah. Still asking. Last time I checked, their bullpen was great. So uh, that did, it was a little surprise. I, I, we saw Hendricks last night with a five-out save, and that's been the A's history is the ability to adjust on the fly. Uh, and now now their starting rotation is somehow respectable. I mean, Homer Bailey was shoving uh, on Tuesday night, and, and uh, 
fi- is it fires or fears? I'm terrible. It is fires. I'm, I'm a print guy, as you <laughs> can tell. Uh, as long so, as you spell it right. Yeah, so <laughs> fires uh, continuing to be a great acquisition by them. And, and uh, yeah, so the A's, uh, more often than not, uh, fake it till they make it, right? Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it. Now, tell us about the Yankees season, because I think everybody knows that um, there have been a lot of injuries, including to some obviously extremely high-profile people. Uh, and the pitching, the starting pitching in particular, has not necessarily been ideal. How are they doing what they're doing? They're just mashing like crazy, Susan. I mean, they're the best uh, hitting team with runners in scoring position in all of baseball, best batting average, second-best OPS after the Nationals. Uh, and they've been doing it with guys who, you know, if we had done this podcast in spring training, I told you that Gio Urshela and Mike Talkman are going to be the key to the Yankees' offense. You would have had me drug tested. Right. And I would have said, oh, are they finishing in fourth place yeah. or fifth place? <laughs> yeah. I mean, their ability to find value on the uh, position player side is remarkable. Yeah. It's, it's, it rivals what, what Billy and the gang have done here in Oakland. Uh, low-cost guys, Luke Voigt. Uh, and it just stands out that they have not been able to do that on the starting pitching side at all. But the reason for their success is because that offense and because their bullpen is excellent. So you allude, alluded to it a little bit before, but what do you make of them then as a playoff team, given the fact that the rotation is not necessarily their strength? Yeah, look, I, at the start of the year, I picked them to win it all because I was really sold on what they were doing with, that, with their roster depth. Uh, the starting rotation has underperformed, to say the least. I'll, I'll stick to my preseason prediction. I, I tend to stick with my predictions. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I, I, the Astros are favored, obviously, over the Yankees uh, in the ALCS. And I, I feel like a team like the A's or the Indians are the type of team uh, that could upend the Yankees, uh, even in the first round. Um, looking around nationally, you mentioned the Astros. Obviously, the A's fans are very familiar with them and, and uh, what a good all-around team they are. Is anybody else kind of jump out at you? Any surprises? Anybody that you've really found fun or interesting this year? The A's, to me, are always fun. And I, I again, my previous predictions, I had them finishing out. I figured, okay, last year was one was of those it? years. Yeah. And But, no, this was not a multi-year uh, Billy run. Uh, billion company, but uh, no. So the A's are always a pleasant surprise, and and uh, the Rays. I mean, the Rays are they're slowing down. Uh, they're they're in some trouble here. Uh, and if I had a bet, I would bet on the A's uh, surpassing the Rays for that final spot. But uh, to see the Rays as often as I see them, uh, just with the type of ball they play, with their pitching and, and their innovation, uh, they're a lot of fun too. Yeah, they're amazing. Now, obviously, you, you write quite a lot about the Mets. Mm-hmm. I think everybody is kind of familiar with what, what the Mets have been going through this year. Obviously, a terrible start, and then questions, are they going to start unloading? guys and sort of a whole strange thing with you know Brody Van Wengen and now being the GM and longtime agent um, and and they've come on strong in the second half what is going on with the Mets <laughs> it is bizarre even for the bizarre Mets I mean they were toast they were done and I, I you can dig up the columns I wrote about the Mets they were not very uh, compassionate or, or complimentary <laughs> right around the trade deadline uh, to look to Brody Van Wagen and I, I still have major questions about Brody Van Wagen and sustainability in this job. But to his credit, uh, he went for it when most people thought he shouldn't, and it has paid off handsomely. Uh, the fact is, even if somehow uh, now there's a market correction and they they fall back into the pack, uh, just to have this buzz around City Field for a team that, frankly, I'm not sure is capable of building a sustainable contender. Uh, so just, just to have the one year of, of this excitement and those tickets sold is significant for them. Yeah, for a first-year GM who's come from really a different background, it's, you know, at least a, it's not nothing. It's kind of an interesting start for him, whatever the case. Now, uh, fans here probably, when you, they hear the Mets, think of Yohannes Um 
out for the season. We still, I think, I, I all have soft spots for him in Oakland for what he did for the A's. Uh, what is going on with him? Will he ever be back? What And what happened? <laughs> okay, so Cespedes, I mean, it's, it's really quite a rich history, even just with the Mets. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, which was uh, three teams removed from the A's, <laughs> yes. right? Uh, so, you know, comes over in 2015 at the trade deadline, spectacular, uh, guides them to the World Series. Resigns a de- contract, great the next year, has an opt-out at the end of 2016. Then he signs the four-year, $110 million deal. That deal has been a, a fiasco in the sense that they're not getting bang for their buck. Yeah, he's been but, out uh, Yeah, but, but, I mean, you understand the value of having a guy out as opposed to in and terrible, right? True. Uh, Albert Pujols with the Angels. Sure, that's true. A, that's a disaster. They're getting insurance money on you right. on a suspect. So for uh, for me, there there it could be worse. Right. Uh, now this year he had he had surgery on he had bone spurs on both heels. heels right. Uh, so and then the broken. Yeah. Whatever, then the bizarre incident happened. at his ranch. Do we know what happened? We don't know what happened, but we do know is that the Mets have not challenged it, and and they if they had dug up enough evidence to to prove that okay he was in violation of his contract right. by break dancing on a horse or whatever he might have been doing, uh, then they obviously would have tried to recoup that money. They have not done that, uh, which leads me to believe they just can't come up with it. I mean, it was, whatever happened was probably just with him and maybe one other person. I, I, he's, he's not showing his cards. Uh, so the bottom line is, in theory, he will be ready next year. The intrigue is next year is his walk year. Yeah. So if he wants to keep playing baseball, keep earning money, he does have to perform next year. And I do, because of that, to be brutally honest, I think there's a chance he comes back and produces because he has never not produced as a Met. Right. When he has been healthy, he has produced. He's but only that's just his been... track record in general. When yeah. he's been healthy, he's been yeah. a good player. Uh, he's just been injured. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, you know, he mentioned to me, whatever it was, two years ago, oh, that, yeah. Uh, yeah, that he would like to finish his career <laughs> in Oakland. So we look forward to that uh, maybe a little bit sooner than and later. And his favorite manager, Bob Melvin. Exactly. <laughs> Ken Davidoff, thanks so much for joining us on Ace Plus. You guys. Thanks again to Ken Davidoff for joining us on A's Plus. You can find his work at the New York Post on newyorkpost.com. And he's on Twitter, at Ken Davidoff. Our producers today were G. Allen Johnson and King Kaufman. We will be back next week with more A's Plus. Thanks for listening. A's Plus is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a review. Follow me on Twitter at Susan Slusser, or you can email me at sslusser at sfchronicle.com. Support A's Plus and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.